Are you a Christian who finds yourself struggling with the same sin over and over again? Do you feel like your life doesn't seem to reflect the resurrection you know to be true? Have you tried dozens of books and techniques only to find yourself discouraged and ready to give up? Well, we've got good news for you. Questions like these inspired our journey into the rich biblical truths we call New Heart Theology. And we believe if you join us in this journey, we'll learn together, we'll wrestle together, and we'll strive together unto godliness. Welcome to the New Heart Theology Podcast. My name is Kevin Lehman, and I am a certified biblical counselor in Wilmington, North Carolina. On today's episode, I want to introduce you to a good, good friend of mine, Grant Forrester. Grant, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. The reason that it's important that you meet Grant is that, Lord willing, he's going to be on this show a lot. Grant is my go-to man when it comes to anything philosophical, especially when dealing with anthropology or metaphysics. He has thought through how these disciplines can aid us in our theological thinking to a more sophisticated degree than anyone I have ever personally met. But what's really great about Grant is that as much as he loves philosophy, he has an even deeper love for God's word and making it known to others. He works as a professional apologist at the university here in Wilmington, as well as with many of the high schools here in town. He is a pastor at the Church of the Risen Christ. He's an evangelist. He's a husband to his lovely wife, Lexi, and a father to their two children, Elliot and Sophia. Grant, did I miss anything? No, that's fantastic, brother. Thank you. All right. Well, let's jump right in. I like the format for this show because not only do we get to meet Grant, but it will serve as kind of a testimonial to how New Heart Theology has changed a life. So Grant, what I thought we would do in this get to know you episode is ask you a few questions about your connection to New Heart Theology. Does that sound good? That sounds fantastic. All right, let's do it. Let's begin with an easy one then. Grant, how did you get mixed up with New Heart Theology? That's a great question. Like Kevin mentioned, I'm the pastor of a church called Church of the Risen Christ, and that is a home church, which maybe we'll get into some of that in future episodes. But um, Kevin is also someone who is deeply compassionate with that church model as well. And so I was put together with Kevin by a mutual friend, Bradley Wilder. And while Kevin and I were having lunch, we began to discuss theology. We began to discuss stances, as you would think you would do, as you were thought, talking about planning a church. And in the middle of that, Kevin introduced me to um, a particular theology, New Heart Theology, that he had been working on and wrestling with, specifically within the biblical counseling world. And so he persuaded me of this position because if I'm honest, the evidence for it is clear in Scripture, um, and it even it even makes very good sense philosophically and more information on the philosophy uh, in this episode. And so I actually began meeting with him as a biblical counselor, counselor, counselee. I had never received counsel really for anything in, in that way, and so it was it was a wonderful experience to meet with someone who could help me work through whether it was. Uh, helping me be a sharper husband, helping me be a sharper father, and just having conversations that really mattered. And it was through that process that I experienced uh, the application of this particular theology as I continued to live day to day, but now remembering the work that God had done in me. Oftentimes, you're, you're, you're moving through the motions of your day, and you're not really remembering what it means to be made new. You're thinking what it means to try to be new and to try to live a life that is free from sin, but you're oftentimes not remembering that you already are made mm-hmm. new. 
Mm-hmm. And so this is the benefit that I think that, uh, or at least the benefit for me that New Heart Theology provided. Okay, fantastic. And you you kind of already began to answer the next question I had for you. So let's jump to that one. What is the most appealing thing to you about New Heart Theology? Oh man, this is a fantastic question. Um, it is it is the actual application to the battle against sin. Hmm. Um, oftentimes, it, it, it's really easy for a believer to separate their theology from their practical life. It is really easy to kind of have this duplicitous existence of my intellectual understanding of Christian truths, and then what am I doing when I'm really angry about something? Or what am I doing when I'm really wrestling with uh, pride or anxiety or... All of a sudden, we feel a mo- we feel miles away from the truths that we say we believe in, hmm. and so one of the things that is so fantastic about this theology is that it kind of is a an applicable bridge between what you are experiencing in the day to day and what you say is true about you. It can almost be something that you you recite as a creed, you know, that God has made me new from the inside out. That is not something that is happening. It is something that already happened. And from that truth, you can then be reminded of the strength that the Holy Spirit has given you not the strength that the Holy Spirit will give you, but the mm-hmm. strength the Holy Spirit has already given you. He's with you in the moment. And because of that truth, you can then move through this instance or this temptation or this battle with theology that, that matters and with truth that will help set you free. I have never thought about the idea of a creed before, but maybe that is something we do in the future. Amen, man. I'm, I'm all for it. I, th- I think speaking, speaking of creed, one of the other things that, that, that really helped me in this, or, or one of the things that's most appealing to me is the clarity, the clarity in regard to theological yeah. conversations, yeah. Um, particularly regeneration. Right. And so when a Christian thinks, okay, I'm a Christian now, or, or let's say that a Christian who's been a Christian for, I don't know, a few years, and they have the vocabulary, they're saying things like, I was converted at such and such church at this date, and they're wrestling with, well, what does it mean to have been converted? What actually happened to me when I became saved? We say things as Christians like I was dead and now I'm alive, or I was dead in my trespasses, right? And now I've been set free, I've been regenerated. But what does that, what does that mean? On, on a literal level, right? What are you as a human being and, and how has regeneration changed and impacted the way that you think, mm. the way that you live, the way that you speak, all, all of it. And so I think this theology, New Heart Theology brings a, a cool wind, a refreshing breeze, a, a, a bit of clarity to this conversation as it helps us, it, it brings us more vocabulary to discuss what we mean when we say we've been made new or we've been made alive or we've been uh, regenerated. Yeah. And one thing that I like that you pointed out there was the clarity that it brings to the way that you come to scripture. Because I felt like a lot of, I mean, being a Christian for years and years and years before I even started down this journey, that I felt like I was having to compromise when I would come to scripture with a lot of different paradoxes, you know, the the already not yet paradox that gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like once that light bulb came on, that I saw what actually happens at regeneration and the indwelling of the spirit, I don't have to have those paradoxes anymore. Scripture just makes sense as you read it and you don't have to go there. So glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. And this the concept of paradoxes, this this right now and not yet. And we're going to get into this in future episodes. But when you look at passages like Ezekiel 36, where God promises a new heart, and he promises that he's going to put his spirit within them and that they will always obey what he says. And we see this coming to be in Acts 2, right? And so then you're, you're wondering with questions, you're wrestling with questions like, well, what am I now? Right. I, okay. I've, I've been converted. I have the spirit. 
what does that mean for my day to day? So I think that wrestling with new heart theology, wrestling with this conversation brings precision to the doctrine of regeneration. It helps us understand with greater clarity and with more expansive vocabulary. It helps us understand what happens at regeneration, what is the believer now, and what does that mean? All right. Is, uh, is that all you had under the most appealing things to you about new heart theology? I feel like I could go all day. Yeah, I do too. So, all right. But that, I think that's good for just an introduction to Grant Forrester. Let me ask you one more question because I really want to get to your wheelhouse in this. Like I want to get to what specializations you're bringing to the table here. And so you do have, as I, as I mentioned in the intro, you do have an apologetics and philosophy background. And I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about how you plan to use that to contribute to the New Heart Theology discussion. Yeah, that would be my passion for metaphysics. Metaphysics is a branch or a study in philosophy that, as the word might suggest, is the study of things that are above the physical, things that are outside of the physical, things that are immaterial, a Christian might say spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so this would be things involving mind or destiny or spiritual creatures like angels or intellect, desires, understanding, wills, things like this. And this is something that I believe Thomas Aquinas specifically, who's kind of been the foundation for my philosophy, I think brings a lot Mm. to the table in this discussion, more on that in later episodes. But as an apologist, one of the things that I would provide would be worldview backgrounds. One of the things that I find happening all the time is I'm having a conversation with a student or a professor or a teacher, and they say something like, you know, I believe that morality is whatever you want to make it. Or I believe that morality is relative and evil doesn't really exist in the objective sense, right? And when I hear that, I think this goes back to thought processes in the Enlightenment in the 1800s. This goes back to kind of man losing its basis or its kind of internal compass for what man is and what man should be and these kinds of things. And so worldview background is helpful and it, it's, it's being able to recognize thought processes and trace them back to their historical origins. And this helps in maintaining orthodoxy. Hmm. If you can hear a position and you go, that position is not inherently Christian because I know where it comes from, then it's really easy to not be seduced by something that sounds good. And so the two things that, that, that I would think of right now, apologetics, worldview background, and then philosophy would be the study of, of metaphysics. I feel the need to mention logic, but that can come sprinkled in throughout the episodes as we talk about applying human reason to different aspects of study. Okay. Yeah. I think one of the ways too, that you have really helped in terms of your apologetics and philosophy background and logic background is help really helping me sharpen my theology in this. You know, I came to you, I guess it's been a little over a year now, and I had a lot of pieces in place for New Heart Theology, but what I was missing was was kind of that sharpening the tip of it, making it something that was concise, that was logically sound, because you've come to me where I've I've made arguments before, you know, and you've said like, that's garbage, you can't say that, you know, and you've like, you got to take that out. And, and it's really helped me like retrace, okay, well, let me retrace back to the point where we know everything was true. Or, or and, and supported biblically, and then let's continue building from there. And it has really helped bring a, a sharpening to the New Heart theology, especially when we start talking about what are we made of, and where is our mind, and what is the purpose of our mind, and the function of our mind, and all of that. 
Grant, thank you so much for being available to do this with me. You have been such an integral part of developing New Heart Theology. God put you into my life at the perfect time, and this theology would not be as sharp as it is without your selfless and passionate efforts. And if I may, since we're talking about Grant, I do kind of want to give a little bit of a shout out to let our audience know that we're building. We're building a, a New Heart Theology team here. And we have already had guys and gals like Grant here. We've had Stephen Ganchow, Bradley Wilder, Daniel Edaroma, Jason Stiles, Kim Wine, Greg Harris, Jason Harris, as well as others, I'm sure, that just aren't coming to mind right now, but all people who've had a hand in developing this theology. And obviously, everyone has been involved in different ways and to different degrees, but this is very much a team effort. And we are looking for more. The best way you can help is to keep an open mind and ask us good questions. My name is Kevin Lehman, and you can find me on all of the major social platforms. Feel free to shoot me a DM if there's anything you want to know or any comments you might have. Coming up next on the show, we're going to spend five episodes talking about the five points of New Heart Theology. These will be vital to understanding every other show moving forward. Thank you to everyone for listening. God bless.